1: Hey, wrestling fans this is gary michael capetta and you're listening to the all night long wrestling podcast with the enforcer and the stallion all night long. All night long. All night long.
0: Oh, hello everybody and welcome back to another edition of the all night long wrestling podcast. He is your host. He is the stallion. I'm the co-hostess with the mostest. Oh, I'm a co-hostess now. That's a thing I just did. Uh, I'm the enforcer and we're back with yet another episode. Uh, This week, the big news everywhere is AEW. Everybody's talking All Elite Wrestling. I mean, we're talking news of TV deals, pay-per-views. Joe, it's a big, big week. I think Vinny K. McMahon is trembling in his boots. No, I'm just kidding. I doubt it. But a big, big week in wrestling, man. It gives us a lot to look forward to.
1: It does. Do you think Vince McMahon even knows what AEW is yet? When do you think he's gonna wake up and realize what's going on? I assume
0: he thinks AEW is some sort of steak sauce.
1: Mm. Do you think Ted? Do you think he believes Ted Turner now owns it? Do you think that's mostly?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. Vince is beyond out of touch. I mean, you did you see the reports coming out this week about um, the writer uh, that reached out to? Um, I guess it was Wade Keller, and he said how Triple H is the most upset out of everybody in the back, and he looks like the most frustrated human being on the planet.
1: Is this the guy that was allegedly uh, drunk or something, and called up some insider and started spilling the beans on the inside of the the, uh, the writing room? Uh, yeah, I read that. Um, you know, but I, I don't think that a lot of whatever he put out there. I mean, he, he gave some details on some things, but. I think the general consensus of what people believe, uh, is that, you know, the, the creative team in general in WWE is, is frustrated and and everything filters through Vince, which I think we've known for a while. Uh, so, you know, I I don't think it was all that surprising. I'm sure Triple H is frustrated too, just because you look at the the difference between what NXT does and what, you know, the main roster does. And you can see, uh, I'm sure it's, it's vastly different in terms of the style and, and the focus. So. Um, not all that surprised, I guess, at that report.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. I'm, it's gotta be triple H is probably between a rock and a hard place. You see him liking all these tweets and then unliking him. That's been stuff going on. So I wonder how much of that is legit and how much of that he's just doing for, um, entertainment purposes, if you will. But I think the biggest news is, uh, TNT is back in the wrestling game, man. For uh, people that grew up watching WCW, watching the NWA, TBS, TNT are synonymous with professional wrestling up until about 2001. And now, uh, I mean, it's a huge deal for them to get a network TV deal, especially with um, WWE going to Fox. When does that happen?
1: I think October of this year is when they switch from USA to Fox for SmackDown Live.
0: So you're telling me RAW is going to be on Channel Five?
1: No, RAW is going to be on USA still. SmackDown Live is going to be on on Fox Channel Five out here. So if the rumors are correct, uh, all Elite
0: Wrestling will be on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the rumor I. Uh, they didn't give a specific. From what I saw right uh, this week that was released, they didn't give a specific uh, day and time of when the show will air or the name of the show. But the speculation is that it would be Tuesday or maybe Wednesday. Um, you know, I, and I supp- and again, they didn't give a start date, but I would imagine it'll be, you know, after SmackDown moves off Tuesdays, and then they can maybe put their own show on Tuesdays. I, that's just a that's a guess, but yeah.
0: Yeah, the report I read said they weren't sure if uh, AEW was going to be on Tuesday or Wednesday. So, it was, if SmackDown goes to Wednesdays, like you said, what does that mean for NXT?
1: Fridays. SmackDown is going to go to Fridays. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know uh, that it should impact NXT. Oh, I'm sorry, Fridays. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they do something with NXT, I mean, I read some you know some things that they think people might think that. Um, with additional programming for WWE is going to be providing to the Fox sports channels that maybe they'll air NXT on one of those, but you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the the only difference really would be, uh, the SmackDown change from Tuesday to Friday and then whatever, um, you know, touring schedule changes that, that creates for, you know, those, those wrestlers on that brand. But, uh, it would open up Tuesday and Wednesday nights in terms of, um, You know, in terms of broadcast television, those will still be the nights. And I guess, uh, I guess Thursdays too. I I don't know, dude. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of wrestling on right now, uh, to try to keep track of, but I think it'll be a midweek show. I'd imagine Tuesday or Wednesday is probably when AEW will, will air. I don't know if it's going to be one hour or two, but that's the plan.
0: The other thing I heard um, in regards to AEW, and in case you guys are wondering, uh, we're talking all, all elite wrestling this week. We're talking AEW. That's our topic. So uh, buckle up, as the kids say. Uh, the other thing I read was that TNT is looking for a base of 400,000 viewers per week. Do you think that's realistic?
1: Um, well, I guess I guess it depends on how much time they give – AEW to get to that point um I, I don't think that sounds unrealistic to you know to me um but I don't know you know again I don't know what what shows draw you know every week I know Raw and Smackdown I think are you know I don't know gosh where another where they're at now but I think it's in like the you know maybe near the two million or something or, or around there uh, viewership uh, obviously that's been going down over the last several years but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that that that's uh, asking a, a whole lot. I don't know what, that that's much more than maybe what TNA was doing at one point when they were maybe at their, at their height on spike. Height,
0: they hit, um, two point something million.
1: Yeah. So TNA, I think, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So th- that, that would make sense then. So they, yeah. So then, yeah, I think 400,000 a week, it uh, doesn't sound outrageous to me if they have some success with these, these pay-per-views and, uh, You other things that they're they're putting out there and trying to, you know, draw attention to the brand.
0: Now, yeah, the reason I said I said four hundred thousand because they said TNT is very realistic in their expectations, and that whereas I think Fox is is looking for three million plus for SmackDown, Mm. so it's going to be very interesting to see how WWE goes about gaining, you know, uh, point eight million viewers on a show that frankly sucks so they're gonna have to i mean, do you think goldberg versus uh, undertaker is a step in the right direction to gain 0. 0.8 million people
1: uh absolutely yeah 100 percent i would say uh, the more goldberg the more guys that are over the age of 50 that you can get on tv um in one form or another i think is it's just a good business strategy um for an athletic and athletic industry
0: Yeah, I can't wait until um, they come out with like the old man FL and they have like Lawrence Taylor, Kevin Green, Steve McMichael, because that to me epitomizes competition. And I think that's what the people are looking for in this day and age.
1: I think really what they should do, I mean, this isn't, I mean, I don't know, we should should, uh, copyright this if we can, is maybe they can have like a new, like a veteran championship or something like an over 50 class of uh you know of wrestler that way only like those those guys can really can wrestle for this you know uh you know elderly heavyweight championship or something like that whatever that might be you know so you've got already got a pretty good division if you look at it you got taker you got kohlberg you got triple h right, right. michaels uh, maybe you can get you know stone cold to come out of retirement um i'm sure there's plenty of other guys north of 50 that i'm forgetting you can hire, you can, they could bring in PCO. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of options out all there. Right, hold, can... on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, you, it's already unfair if you bring in PCO. Secondly, am I drunk or did Impact already do something like that?
1: I think, I think they had, a, they had a title belt that was changing names a lot. It was TV title, I think it was the Legends title or something like that. So they, they had something along those lines. I don't know if there was any sort of rules to it, but. I'm gonna look that up because I believe at some point,
0: yeah, there was like a, a King of the Mountain Championship, maybe the Le- oh no, it was a Legend Championship. Yeah, you're right. That's to me. That's that's how you do business, man. They might as well just start copying everything impacted eight years ago.
1: I'm talking King of the Mountain match, Monsters Ball match. Well, they have a lot of the roster from that time on their payroll now, including guys backstage, like Jeff Jarrett and Abyss, um, Sanjay Dutt, you know, so there's, there's a, there's definitely a lot of possibilities if they go that route.
0: Uh, DJZ, they just signed. I don't know if you saw that. So, uh, EC three, I mean, we're talking 2019 WWE is 2012 impact. I don't care how you, I don't care how you cut it, man. That's what they're doing. The other thing I saw from, uh, all elite wrestling that I thought was interesting is that there are going to be no scripted promos. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I, I've always thought that's, that's the best way to do it. In my opinion. I mean, you can give, look, I don't know how it works backstage. I just, you know, I've heard things, right. You, you maybe, some guy has some bullet points or things of that nature and goes out and cuts his own promo. And, um, I think it does two things, right. It gives a more realistic, view into the guy and the character, or you know, the, the man or woman that's playing that character. And then, and then too, you know, you get over on your own accord, right? I mean, if you can't cut promos and that's part of the wrestling business, then, you know, that, that's part of succeeding, right? So I think it's much better to, to have that as a way to determine maybe who is good or not good at it versus having, you know, a team of writers that are scripting promos for people that are all sound very similar. In a lot of ways, and then you don't really get to differentiate between uh, between guys. So,
0: it's funny if you look at a guy like Jay Briscoe when he cuts a promo. I'll, every Brisco I don't think I've ever watched a Briscoe brothers promo in which I thought Jay Briscoe was reading from a cue card. Uh, where I, I don't even think they give the guy bullet points. I don't even. I think they just say, "Hey Jay," they don't even tell him how long he's got. They say, "Go do what you got to do." And when you listen to like a, a Jay Briscoe promo, and I'm using him as an example. Because to me, he has the best promos ever. Uh, So when you listen to Jay Briscoe cut a promo, he might repeat himself, like repeat his own words uh, back to back to give himself a moment to talk about his next point. But that's okay because that's what people do normally. And when people get mad, they don't – not everything comes out perfectly clearly. You don't hit the enunciation on every – you don't hit every bullet point that you talk about. Sometimes you just get so mad – you know, like, you can't think straight, and that's okay because that's real. Whereas when you watch the promos, uh, like, for example, another guy that can cut an all-time promo, Mojo Rawley, right? I mean, he's been killing it on Raw. That's, like, guy's a stud, dude. Absolute stud. Bonafide, well, I forgot what he, Certified G, bonafide stud, right? That's the word. Um, but, no, it's, it's, like, literally completely the opposite. So I think, you know... Being a huge fan of the NWA, your father is Dusty Rhodes. I think that's kind of what Cody's doing, and he's harking back to a time when you had to be able to cut a promo. When you weren't – you didn't grow up in a performance center. You, If cutting your promo was a strong suit, then you talked a lot. If cutting your promo wasn't your strongest suit, then you got over in other ways. And the other thing that AEW said is there's going to be a lot more focus on wins and losses. And there are certain people on the internet – I don't even want to I'm not going to mention any names, but there are certain people on the internet that are like, uh, it's a fake sport. Wins and losses don't count. Oh yeah. Look at, look at Goldberg. Look at Brock Lesnar. Look at, uh, CM Punk's title reign. Don't tell me wins and losses don't count because the WWE has shoved 50, 50 booking down your throat. So far, you forgot what it's like when people actually value competition. And that is going to be, that's something that a lot of other companies are doing right now. I don't, don't bring up any spoilers because I haven't finished watching the um, Super Strong Style. But you look at Progress, you look at New Japan Pro Wrestling; those are companies in which wins and losses are taken very seriously. And when wins and losses are taken seriously, and that that's what makes a match important. When you have the same guys winning week in and week out, or and then, or, or I'm sorry, trading wins and losses back and forth that match no longer becomes important. And that is one of the, uh, the biggest issues I have with the WWE programming right now.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, what you're describing is, is, you know, it's, it's a sport, right? Like, so if you look at sports, if you're watching an NFL game, right, are you going to want to watch a team that's eight and eight, or are you going to want to watch a team that's 16 and no, right? That's, that's, and you know, cause you know, that team's good and you know that there's something on the line there and all that type of stuff. So it, if you present wrestling as a sport or in that capacity, you know, you look at somebody who has won a lot of matches or it, you know, doesn't lose very much. You kind of want to see, you know, if the guy person will lose, you know, or something like that. Like when Mike Tyson was in boxing and he won all those match, you know, those, those fights and that type of thing. So, um, but if you just have it where it's not presented as a sport, you know, and the, you know, the wins and losses don't matter theory that WWE tends to subscribe to, um, you know, what's the, what's drawing you in if you, you know, you'd have to be drawn in by the storylines then, and not necessarily care about the wins and losses. And if you, you know, and that's a whole other argument about whether they're putting on good storylines or not. So
0: they're, they're not spoiler, but let me ask you something. I'm going to go over to a uh, ring of honor really quick. I know you were very upset when Matt Taven took the loss, the PCO in his first match post winning the title, um, regarding the war of the world's tour. How do you think they booked
1: Matt Taven? Um, I think, you know, um, it was, it was okay. Uh, you know, the, the PCO, the thing was that the two title matches he had, uh, the second one was against Mark Haskins, which was not scheduled, but then they, they kayfabe the PCO injury and, you know, and and gave that match, but that match was really good. But both matches kind of ended in a little bit of a schmoz type situation. So, um, I would have preferred that he get a clean win over one of them, but that didn't happen. So I'm glad that he got wins, but they were a little bit uh, tainted as they say. So I think they could have done a better job with T- Taven over that tour, but you know, I don't, I don't think they, that he came out of it looking weak. I just think that they could have done a better job, you know, putting him over strong on one of those guys. I agree.
0: Um, I like the way they had him win personally because he, he's a heel and he's got the the, the group behind him. Um, but what I think was very important that Ring of Honor did was they had Taven lose clearly the first match after he won the title. But not only did they have him win those two matches, they gave those matches time, and they were really good matches. Those are probably some of Taven's best matches that I've uh, that I've ever seen out of him, especially the, um, especially the. Uh, the Haskins match. So I think it was very smart to kind of quickly rebound and be like, Oh my God, we got to show how good Taven is show Taven. And that's what they did. So, but when you look on the flip side, you look at WWE, like the iconics, they could not have, I mean, could they book the iconics any worse?
1: Uh, it's very, uh, you know, they've done a lot of that over the years with champions that maybe they put the titles on and, You know they don't really believe in them as as the being the world champion, so they lose a lot of matches. You know, I remember when Rey Mysterio won the world heavyweight title on SmackDown. I think in two thousand and six, he was immediately kind of booked in situations where he was losing all the time. And I'm not really sure what the mindset is behind that in terms of you know if they think that it's a vulnerable champion, but he was a babyface. That doesn't really make sense to me. Um, So when they do stuff like that, it just seems silly. You know, somebody wins the championship, whatever title it is. And then they continuously lose, whether it's you know non-title matches or if it's a tag team, they lose in singles matches or whatever it might be. Um, it's just it just doesn't not make the champion or champions look very strong. And again, if you're looking at people that you know, you want to draw uh, and draw people in, whether it's for television ratings or live event shows, uh, you know are people going to want to pay money to see somebody who loses all the time or has a, you know, a 500 record or are they go want to pay some to see somebody who's unstoppable uh, or looks very good in all their matches, whether it's wins or losses. So yeah, but you know, WWE's model is very different now than it used to be. Uh, and you know, and the way that they, they, you know, they're more into like the entertainment and the, just, just drawing people based off of like the event name, right? Like everyone goes to WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania, right? But you're not really going anymore because of what's in the main event. You're going because it's WrestleMania. Whereas years ago you had to put somebody that, you know, in the top spot, right. That you felt like could draw people to, to buy and, you know, pay views and things like that. So it's very different now uh, for them than it was back uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, even beyond that. But you know, these other companies uh, don't have the same, you know, the same amount of money and the same, you know, uh, things at their disposal to be able to, you know, live that way. They have to have a program that's strong and they have to have, you know, people that can draw fans to go watch live shows, whether it's like you said, ring of honor or AEW or impact or MLW or, or any of these other promotions. That's, that's what they have to do. So it's a different model. And, uh, it's a model that I'm, I'm more, I personally am more used to. So I'd, I'd rather watch something like that than, you know, Uh, shows that they don't really seem to care who wins and loses. And it's just like, well, it's raw, so you should watch it. So
0: I agree. And the thing I think is important is in regards to wins and losses, like it's okay for um, there are ways to have a professional wrestling match where the loser doesn't come out looking like the loser. Like Mark Haskins lost nothing when he lost the PCO. Um, Jumping to super strong style, the opening round of super strong style 16 this year, Kyle O'Reilly wrestled uh, Chris Ridgway, and it was a phenomenal match between two very, very, very good wrestlers, good submission, back and forth match. Kyle O'Reilly won. Chris Ridgway lost nothing by having a great competitive match that the fans appreciate, but they don't – it's – they don't do that on raw and I can understand a lot of times they don't have the time and they have some people that are just in like EC3, for example. I don't know if he's won a match on, on raw or SmackDown. So, I mean, he beat Dean Ambrose, right? That was about it.
1: <laughs> That's all I remember. Yeah. I, you know, I, but the thing is the times that they do something like that and the two that jump out to me that I can remember in the last year or so, were when they had gauntlet matches and on Raw, they had Rollins work for like was, an hour. Against and Finn Balor? Uh, no, I, well, I think it was, it was some sort of gauntlet where okay. um, they had, right, right. you know, match after match after match. And he ended up wrestling like two or three guys over the course of an hour. And people were really in, you know, into, you know, cheering for Rollins after that. And then, then Kofi Kingston did it recently on SmackDown, that, that whole thing where he replaced Mustafa Ali. And then he ended up going an hour and got all this respect, and that's catapulted him. So when you do stuff like that and you show these guys athleticism and put let them put on a performance like that, they start to get this you know momentum behind them. But a lot of times they don't seem to focus on things like that for most of the wrestlers they have.
0: And that to me is why AEW exists. You know, that's why Cody is taking Cody and the Bucks are taking that model and they're going the other way, or they're going to the old NWA model, they're going to the WCW model, which, I mean, if they could stay in their lane, should benefit them greatly. However, if they could stay in their lane, who knows? I mean, but I, as far as the roster looks right now, as I pull it up, um, you've got some of the best wrestlers in the world. And if you take the top 15 um, of, let's say, AW and compare them to the top 15 to the WWE, It's going to be real close. I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, the Bucks, Cody Rhodes, uh, SCU. Then you have the internet darling like, uh, you know, the Joey Janela. You have uh, Pac. You have guys that, you know, either were in WWE and decided to leave or that never were in WWE and made it a name for themselves somewhere else. The Bucks have how how many millions of subscribers on YouTube? They have over a million on for BTE, I think. Um, are it sustainable to ask fans to pay forty nine ninety nine for pay per view every three months, Joe?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it, people used to do it all the time, right? I mean, people, you know, fans used to pay that every month when WWE had shows every month, yeah. Um. UFC right has charges or used to charge something similar UFC when they are on pay per view
0: seventy now
1: yeah so so I think but I th- but obviously you know of the last couple of years with the you know, the WWE network uh, and then you know the Honor Club and New Japan World you know people are maybe used to not paying for pay per views but I think if you do space it out enough where it's you know a couple a year you can you, know, you can convince people to buy them especially if they could put on you know, a strong television product that will draw people into buying it, uh, maybe even some more casual fans and kind of try to draw them in. So, it, I think if you do four a year or something like that, like that, that's sustainable to charge $50 for each show as, as long as they're putting out stuff that people want to see.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I think as long as you run the show um, like a sports show. And I'm sure they could do like network specials and stuff like that every once in a while, like on TNT or maybe even on TBS on a Saturday night, Sunday night, whatever might be a clash of the champions. I know Cody trademarked a bunch of uh, things that the WWE let slip in regards to trademarks. I think it's completely feasible and everybody's bitching and like, oh my God, $50, $50, bro, you paid like you, you up until the network, which is what four years old now, maybe five.
1: Yeah, I think it was like 2013 or something that it came out 2014. Okay, so five like
0: or six years, you know, you paid, uh, thir- I don't know, how much pay per views? 40 bucks? I don't even remember.
1: Pay-per-views back then? Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think it was like $40 or $50 at least, you know, per pay-per-view. And then there was a period of time where they used to have more than one pay-per-view a month, right? So it was like, oh, I think 16 yeah. in a year. And
0: so yeah.
1: people used to shell out a lot of the people that used to watch every show, would shell out a lot of money, uh, for those, for those shows. So, you know, again, I, I don't mind paying, you know, $50 or whatever it is, if it's four shows a year that are like that. Um, if yeah. they're going to start doing it monthly and you're going to ask for that, that's, that's, that's a little tough, but yeah, you know, I think hopefully these guys seem like they're smart enough to know, you know, not to oversaturate things, especially at the beginning, you want to make it fan friendly, um, you know, and not put too much of a burden on people having to, you know, watch all these shows and pay all this money. If you get the TV shows out there and you can get an audience from there, then you can work on adding more pay-per-views, I think. But you know, four years and that doesn't seem that bad. It's
0: two hundred dollars a year. You watch it with a friend, it's $100 a hundred dollars, like, you know, but you also have to realize I'm not saying you're you're helping small business. You're you're it's a little bit different. I mean in WWE you're feeding the machine. If you want to be on the ground floor of something like AEW, you're helping these guys you really start out. And but the other thing I think that's going to be different is you're gonna see a lot more actually wrestling product on their TV show than you would on a raw or Smackdown you'll probably get more time in match wise in their weekly television than you will on raw in ring than you will on raw and Smackdown together and I, I think that could be a good strategy for them and I just think with the names that they have they they already have a pretty deep talent pool I think it's like 57 58 uh, wrestlers signed. I don't think the same wrestlers are going to be used every single week to the point where it's going to be very stale. Like when if you see uh, a Pac or a Neville wrestle or a Hangman Page wrestle, you're probably not going to see them wrestle every single week, and I think that's okay. Um, it's going to be more exposure to them than they have right now currently. But I think when the Young Bucks wrestle, it's going to mean something. When Cody wrestles, it'll mean something. When Kenny Omega wrestles, it'll mean something. And maybe if that means you know not. Not back to the Hogan era where he shows up on TV, you know, just to promote the pay per view. But you know, it's gonna—it's not going to be an oversaturation of the people you love. And I think that it's okay because a lot of those guys can still work those indie dates. So as long as they don't oversaturate the market, they kind of stay in their lane. They don't overcharge pay per views. They don't have too many reviews, and they put on a good product week to week. I'm gonna tune in. And I'm excited to see uh, Double or Nothing. I'm, I, I, you know, we were talking about it. It's next week already, which is crazy. So I'm excited for Double or Nothing. The show looks good. I'm gonna, we're going to pay the $50, and uh, hopefully we get our money's worth.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, everything you hear coming out of that, that camp, you know, from guys like Jericho and uh, you know the Bucks and Cody and Jim Ross too, you know, that that they, they want to make sure that they hit a home run with that show. So, you know, we'll see if they do, but I'm sure that they're going to make every effort that they possibly can to make that show a memorable one, whether it's match quality or maybe some surprises or whatever it might be, so that people will continue to talk and and hopefully talk more about their product and, uh, you know, the upcoming television show launch in the fall.
0: I also think that the Bucks and Cody... Jerry Lynn and all the Billy Billy on. I think those guys are far more in tune with what wrestling fans want, not what sports entertainment fans want, but with more what wrestling fans want than Vince McMahon is, which is why you see these guys popping up. You see Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes popping up at a, an indie show that has 300 people there. You see the Bucks popping up and stuff like that. I think what's lacking. We've talked about it before is excitement. I love surprises. Um, In wrestling shows like that, because it makes you want to tune in week after week after week. And these guys, they know that. They have a handle on that. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not going to miss a show.
1: Yeah, I I do think that they do. Um, I'm sure there's guys within WWE that have a similar feel for it. It's just that they're not the ones that get to make the decision. So, um, yeah, I I think these guys do have a good pulse, a finger on the pulse of what goes on in terms of wrestling fans or or, or a good... (laughs) a segment of wrestling fans right the ones that are more hardcore fans that are interested in in the wrestling and the you know the whatever the the stuff that that people have watched for a long time um versus what the style product that WWE puts out there and there's enough guys that have left WWE or have been free agents over the last few years um that they can bring in as potential you know future you know surprises or guys that they can help you know uh, move the needle even further for them, and I think that's why I think guys like Jericho and and Jr. being on their their payroll is pretty important. Because if you put those guys on television, you know people are going to recognize them for who they are, and they're not really you know damaged names or figures, right? They're they're respected uh, wrestlers and or you know personalities in the wrestling industry.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jericho's wrestling uh, two weeks afterwards for the IWGP heavyweight title. Like the guys be more relevant now than maybe he ever was before. And uh, I don't know the, the the mind that those guys have for the business a has gotten them to where they are today, with being the elite and pro wrestling teas and all that stuff. And I think they have and the backing of a billionaire like Tony Khan. I mean, who's kids a wrestling fan or he's a wrestling fan. So Everything is in place for success. The TV deal—it's um, not owned by you know by Time Warner. Um, it's not owned by Ted Turner. It's owned by the Khan family. It's backed by minds of guys who have been, and you know, say it's not—they're not an overnight sensation. I mean, the the Bucks have been building their fan base. Omega's been building since 2009, 2010. Generation Me and all that stuff. They've built this from the ground up, and it. I don't think it's going to be a fly by night kind of thing. I think it's. I hope it encapsulates a lot of the ECW nostalgia feel with the early NWA feel. That's my. That's that's my hope. 1986 NWA meets 1997 ECW, and we're somewhere in inception in the middle. That's my goal. That's where I want to be, Joe. That's all I ask for. I'll tweet Cody. I'll tweet Kenny. I'll tweet old hangman and the bucks and I'll tell them where we want to be. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> that seems fair, buddy. So, where can people find us? Would be my question. The dumpster. Every dumpster you see inside,
0: I will be sleeping. Where can you find us? Listen. We're also gonna have some picks up for this weekend's uh uh what the hell's the name of that? Gimmick in the bank, money in the gimmick? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'll put some uh, quick come quick predictions up on Instagram once I uh <laughs> once I find out what's going on for the card. But yeah, listen, if you want to follow us at all night long wp, everywhere you can find social media, facebook.com slash all night long wp, youtube.com slash all night long wrestling podcast. Once again, we are your host, he's a stallion, I'm the enforcer, and we are tapping out.